welcome back, Ag Watchers, to another episode. I uh, got myself, Andrew Whitelaw, and Matt Dogleish, uh, and we've got a special guest, uh, Mary O'Brien from uh, Are You Bogged, mate? And uh, we thought it'd be good to get Mary on, uh, and it was suggested by one of our listeners that that should be a fantastic um, spokesperson for uh, for talking about mental health. And, and from Matt and I's point of view, it's been one of these these sort of things that we've seen a lot more of in the last couple of years. We talk about markets, but you know, when you're talking about markets, there is that element of psychology in markets. And and obviously, with at times of falling prices or or, or declining production, like in the droughts, you know, mental health did become more of an issue with with people, that even with people we spoke to on a daily basis, seeming to be that little bit a uh, little bit down. So we thought. Before it'd be good to get Mary on. Uh, so, so Mary, thanks for coming along. Could you give us a bit of an intro into, into who you are and, and what Are You Bog Mate is about? Yeah, thank you for having me on. Um, ooh, who am I? I'm not anyone particularly important at all. I um, work in agriculture, have worked in agriculture in some form my whole life. And my area of expertise is in spray application, best practice and drift management. So get to travel around Australia um, talking about that. But three years ago, I simply wrote an opinion piece, an article, um, basically telling people what I thought. And really, to be quite honest, not that many people are generally interested in what I think. So I simply wrote an opinion piece about mental health and suicide in, in rural areas. And turns out quite a few people agreed with me and it kind of went viral. And so now I get to travel to a lot more places in Australia uh, talking about the mental health and depression. And I, I guess the gist of it is that um, the article was called Are You Bogged, Mate? And in the article I have used the analogy of mental health and depression is a bit like getting bogged and most country people can identify with that. So when we bog a machine or a vehicle, we don't set fire to it because it's too hard. We take the time, we take the trouble to get it out. And so that's, I guess, the the, the basis behind it. And um, apparently everyone liked that analogy. So, yeah, that's that's where it started. Mary, the, um, the numbers on, um, I guess, mental health issues and in particular things like depression and suicide, obviously it's something that affects both genders. But I think uh, from what I know of the stats in rural areas, it's particularly um, impacting upon males. And do you think do you think the analogy with it being something that males are very familiar with, particularly males in the country getting bogged um, sometimes, you know, often in the wet season? Um, do you think that's part of the reason why it's had some traction? Yeah, for sure. It um, it is very much um, a male-dominated problem right across the country. To be honest, um, over seventy-five percent of the suicides in Australia are male. So we clearly have a gender issue going on here. Um, and from the, the little bit I know, I'm certainly not an expert. I don't have a psychology degree as people take, take the time and trouble to point out to me regularly. But I, I have worked with men all my life. And what I'm seeing is that the, the mainstream services are very much targeted to the way women operate rather than the way men operate. So I guess my approach is is a lot more targeted to the way men operate because that's my target demographic that I have been communicating with and I guess educating or doing extension work with for um, the best part of 20 years. So, yeah, I guess my approach is, is making a bit more sense. Um, it is something that they identify with and, 
yeah, when we get into rural areas, we are looking at, um, you know, rural men are twice as likely to take their own life as metropolitan men. They're five times more likely to take their own life than metropolitan women. So that's pretty scary numbers. So we're losing an awful lot of really good men in this country and they're just falling through the gaps. So I don't know if I can plug those gaps, but I'm going to make some noise about it and, and certainly highlight the issue. So, sorry, go back to that stat again. So, so 50% higher chance of suicide in, in a real, rural, rural area than metro. Is that right? Yep, twice as likely to take their own life as, as metro men and five times more likely than metro women. That's horrific. And, that, and that's something that, you know, it's just, it's just a number that is just unthinkable, really. And I know we focus a lot on, Matt and I focus a lot on numbers and, and there's a lot of money being ploughed into the moment in Victoria, especially on on the zero road toll. Um, yeah, but but I'm guessing suicide must be a much higher number than the road toll. Well, for the 2019 calendar year, so we don't have this the stats for 2020, um, and we won't have them till later in the year. But for the 2019 calendar year, we lost 3,318 people in Australia to suicide. And to put that in some perspective, since you guys like numbers, uh, our national road toll for the same time frame was 1,182. So we're looking at a suicide toll that's, you know, almost three and a half times our national road toll. And to make matters worse, some of the road toll numbers are actually suicides suicide. as well. Yeah, single yeah. vehicle accidents. Um, and look, I, I have just seen one recently in the, you know, within three or four hours of me in the last two or three months that, um reasonably confident um that it would have been a suicide but it was actually classed as a single vehicle accident is the the numbers um like if you look at say the most recent history the last 10 years or so are the numbers improving in the sense that we are we getting fewer um you know suicides you know are people talking about it? well because it does seem to me as though it's becoming more acceptable amongst certainly amongst men that um that you, you know, or at least it looks like in the last few years to me that, that there seems to be a lot more discussion around it and, and maybe with some high profile people that have come and spoken about their own battles, that is it making, is it, I mean, is it getting better or is it, or is it just kind of, you know, treading water or getting worse in terms of the, the, the stats? Look, it's, it's actually getting worse. Um, and I guess it, it is a bit confusing or, or misleading sometimes when we look at historical data and particularly for, for suicide um, data because previously there were a lot more um, suicides that were actually counted in, in other data such as single vehicle accidents or shooting accidents or things like this that were classified as that. And particularly if you go back 20, 30, 40 years, um, that yeah so our data is probably not that good but just in the in the few years that I've actually been paying attention to it um when I first wrote the are you bogged mate article the average was six men a day in this country that we were losing six men a day um now we're losing an average of seven men a day so yeah so suicide data can be a bit misleading um and even you know I've got a bit of a fascination with um Gallipoli and World War One, and that when you go back and look at some of the, uh, you know, the records from some of the men who came home, when you look at the cause of death, there's an awful lot that are farming accidents. And so, you know, 
we know that those people, those men in particular, were not supported when they came home in so much as mental health. It wasn't even discussed back then. So how accurate is our data and how far back could we rely on it to be a reasonable guide, I guess, is, is part of the problem. So, like, it's horrific, those numbers. And and, and I think we, we, Matt and I are fascinated by numbers and, and stats, but I guess a lot of mental health is, is and men in general, this has not been sexist, but men in general are probably more fascinated with facts and figures and numbers than, yep. than, than women. It's just that that's probably a yeah. generic thing. Um, <laughs> but we're not necessarily in touch with our emotions quite as well like like men are just not like matt and i we we occasionally have a drink together and i don't think we've ever talked about our emotions um, we more frequently have a drink by ourselves <laughs> <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably a bad thing uh, but 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 we but we don't we just generally don't talk about emotions like i, I don't think i've ever asked you how you're feeling matt um no it's not something that comes up I've, I've tried to, in the last few years, I've tried to make efforts to, um, so I do a men's shed, like it's a loose men's shed type thing that I do with a few mates and, and it's kind of grown into a bigger thing. So I'm, you know, I've got one friend in particular that's, that's battled mental health issues um, throughout his life. And he's actually, I guess, through getting the right kind of help, he's actually become really good at speaking about his emotions. And um, and I've taken the lead from him a little bit, whereas I do try to do it. But it, it's um, when you come from such a, uh, an ingrained kind of method, and, and maybe it's the um, the Celtic Scottish coming out. Um, yeah, my father wasn't much of a talker about his emotions, and it is a bit of that Scottish Protestant style of just you know stiff upper lip or whatever it is. Um, you know that you don't speak about it, but I, I I try all the time to to speak about it, but it, I do find it still difficult. Definitely. See, I think that that's um, a lot of people say that to me. Oh, men don't talk, and and I actually I disagree. I, I, men do talk. They do open up um, and the things that they share with me is just incredible. Um, so I think men do talk and they will open up, but you have to give them the safe space and they have to have someone that they trust. And it can often take a lot longer for a man to, I guess, unwind and, and come down or be comfortable enough to, to speak about emotions. But generally men are not wired to speak about emotions. I think women are, um, and I use this example in my in my presentations, I say if you ask a woman how her week has been, she will go to the emotions. I've been happy, sad, stressed, angry, whatever it is, anxious. If you ask a bloke how his week has been, he will go to the facts. So men talk I, about I, facts. I have done this, I have done that, I have done yeah. this, I have seen this. <laughs> yeah, I got a the, I got a flat tire, the fence fall, fell down, the ball got out. Um, so they will talk about those things. And so I think, you know, everyone's trying to change men and say, oh, I've got to talk about their feelings. And I guess my big thing is why do we have to change them? Why can't society accept that men and women communicate differently and that needs to be okay. Why is it only okay that that they have to be the same way that women are? We need to make it okay that, you know what, that's just how men are, that they will talk about the facts rather than their feelings. They will talk about their feelings, but it's it, why do we have to change them, I guess? Like, that needs to be okay. Got to change the method rather than... Yeah, yeah, the change the way we talk to them. Yeah, so that, is that basically your system, your employees is using... Um, or going with the, the the style that most men have in terms of how they communicate rather than trying to get 
them to change to fit the you know the kind of the mental health the, practitioner yeah, yeah exactly yep. accepted, accepted absolutely yeah so, absolutely and that's that's a really critical thing is the way men communicate i mean men talk about the facts they talk about they talk shoulder to shoulder um and you know i do uh, talks for women and, and trying to skill them up on how men communicate and you know i've had women actually tear up and and get quite emotional at the end of my talk and say you know wow we think we'll actually be better parents now because of what you've taught us. You know, we have sons and and now we've learned a bit more about communicating with our sons. And I think that's, you know, they're trying to make men change and, and fit them into this mould that you've got to go and sit in a in a psychologist's office and, and be stared in the face by a woman usually and Who, never talk about before. your feelings. Yeah, and talk about your feelings. And these blokes are like, that's not my zone. That's not where I operate. So, so I, I just wanted to move along a little. At, at times, Matt and I have have we're not professional podcasters, so occasionally we've we've thrown in the occasional swear word by mistake. <laughs> and, and and I just wanted to raise raise one thing about how you raised that bar about swearing slightly higher, because you managed to get onto landline, and include the term shitometer. Yeah. And I was just wondering if you could explain what that was and, and the analogy behind that well the the shitometer is is basically a tachometer or a taco um and i think most men in the country or most men and i usually say unless you know what this is please hand me your car keys and your license <laughs> um that we know what that is on a machine and we know that we can't run that machine in the red all the time because we'll just we'll wreck it we'll blow it up and the reality is that we can't live in the green zone or, or in the normal space all the time. That's not reality because there are things that happen in our lives, you know, whether it's a, a sudden tragic event or a long stressful event, there are times when we do go into that red zone. It's being able to recognise that you're there and go, you know what, I just need to dial this back a bit. Next week I'll pick it up and we'll, you know, I'll keep doing what I need to do next week. And that might be harvest time. It might be it might be whatever, busy time of the year. But there are times when we do go into that zone. Um, and I guess it's, it's accepting that that is normal. It is normal for everybody to go there at some point. And some people get stuck there and can't get back out. But that's the concept of the shitometer is, um, yeah, it's just a tachometer, but it's just about the shit in our lives really and what the level is for that. So, so a way for men to um, describe where they're at in, in, in a method that they can understand. Yeah, yeah. Are you redlining your machine, you know, and that sort of stuff. So um, I guess that's one of the things I'm trying to do is, is give them a, a bit more man-friendly terminology to use um, that they don't have to talk about their feelings and they can just talk about being bogged and things like that. Um, and it's it's quite refreshing to to hear blokes now that you know they come to me and say I'm I'm not quite bogged but the wheels are spinning, so I know where they're at. You know, it, it gives you a bit of an idea of of where they're placed. Hmm. And so you take this um, message around the country. I, um, you told us just before we started the recording that you're up in Cairns at the moment, and so it's that's part of a, a workshop you're presenting. Um, is that the is that the normal distribution method, or you got I, I know you've got a website as well. If you wanted to plug that website um mary but how, how do how do people that are interested how do they um engage with you and how do they find out more about what you do if they if they want to kind of pursue it 
Yeah, the best way is to jump on the website, um, abogtomate.com.au. And if people are interested in booking events, I mean, we have got the upcoming events on there. Um, I don't actually organise events because I don't quite have the capacity or the resources to do that. So people organise an event or and get me to come along and speak. Um, yes, I'm currently in Cairns. I'll be speaking at the Banana Congress here in Cairns for the banana industry uh, later this week. And then Saturday I'm going to Weeper, speaking out at Weeper at the Men's Shed out there. Uh, Saturday afternoon um, and then the following week or the week after I'm at the North Queensland Field Day so I will go anywhere in the country I've just done a, a run through Western Queensland um, earlier this year I've been to South Australia Tasmania um, Riverina but yeah I'm pretty much this year is book solid actually um, when That's I get I'm on the, on the road for five weeks at the moment and then off to South Australia again at the end of um, June and into July September, I'm into the Northern Territory, Alice Springs. Um, uh, October, down through Central West New South Wales into the Riverina again. November, heading to Victoria. So, yeah, if anyone's interested in events, flick a, an email through the, the website. It's easy to have it all in one inbox. <laughs> what what so my, I, my, I'm a bit sort of, I've got a, not a conflict of interest here, but I, I do talk about mental health quite a lot uh, because my wife is actually a, a psychiatrist. Right, and I, I, we started discussing it the other day, the actual the drought, and that we've had. Let, let's let's talk about New South Wales. I guess we've had two or three years of drought, and and things were tough, and that was a strain on on finances. It was a strain on 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 just mental health in general for everybody. And now we're coming through a period of let's call it a recovery phase at the moment. I'm just curious about. Is that even more of a dangerous time than the drought itself? Because I know during the drought that you are just trying to get through and you're trying to think about what's in front of you. But as you start to recover, you start to get into a phase of you've got potentially more time to think about things. You've got, you know, the memories of that lingering past. And, and I'm just curious about whether the, 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 the recovery of the drought, it doesn't necessarily get rid of no of that angst it's still there and in, in, on the back of the shoulder really yeah and you're right it can actually often get worse and um the joke in Queensland is that um nobody knew there was a drought till New South Wales got it uh there's places of in Queensland that are up to eight and ten years of drought so um but we don't get the media coverage but it's um it can be and I guess it depends on the area the bottom line is when you're coming out of drought and it rains, it doesn't rain money. It doesn't rain cash flow. You've still got to get livestock. You've still got to get a crop out of the, you know, and that's not immediate. These things take time and they take more money. Um, and depending on the on the area and what's gone on, um, you know, any, any of the guys with good feed now to try to restock, you know, the cattle prices are through the roof and um, things like that. So there's other things that come into play. But, yeah, just because you've got, grass or moisture in the soil doesn't mean you've got cash in the bank so you've still got some ongoing issues to try and build that up again to try and get into um, back to a normal sort of cycle and so you know sometimes we end up back in drought before we get back to a normal cycle um so yeah it can be because um, because this and that's the other thing this is not uh like it's an issue in australia but it is a global issue like if absolutely. i if i like if i look at scotland scotland has got a particularly high suicide rate as well just overall it's we've got quite a high 
suicide rate, but also it's got that similar, I'm just looking on Google just now, but it's got that similar distribution of higher chances of, of suicide if you're in a rural area than a city area. Mm. And, and I do, and the reason I asked that question about like post the event suicide becoming more of an issue is that I remember back in the day, back in, you know, 2001, our region was decimated by uh, uh, food and mouth disease. Yeah. Uh, which the suicides didn't come they didn't come at the time when people were actively dealing with the foot and mouth they came six months and 12 months after the event during the recovery phase and and that's why i sort of i'm concerned about that sort of recovery period is actually being an area of of concern and yeah and i think with something like foot and mouth in particular there's you're also got a bit of a stigma in that social think afterwards it's like oh you had foot and mouth as well so there's a bit of depending on what the issue is you know whether it's a drought or whether it's a disease outbreak or a flood or something that or a fire there's a whole suite of issues that come in that recovery phase um you know when we look at the the guys in northwest queensland with that monsoon rain event that took out five hundred thousand cattle or something like that up there oh yeah and it took every fence, you know, for hundreds and hundreds of miles. And when it all stopped, like they were coping sort of through the, the tragedy and the horrendous aftermath of that. But then when things sort of calmed down, that they had green grass, but they had no fences and they had no cattle. And then they had to watch the, the grasshoppers come in and eat the grass. So And it was just like a groundhog day, I guess. Well, but one, um, one thing after the other. Yeah, so there's different things come in for different different events, but whether it's a flood or a drought or a disease, yeah. What what would be what would be your sort of your tips for people listening? Like if they had a mate who was, because the impression I get a lot of it is 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 keeping an eye on on your neighbours, your mates, and then looking for those I guess those signs, those those harbingers of of issues. But what, what would be the sort of tips for if you if you think your mates becoming a bit you know, bogged, bogged. Yeah, bogged. bogged. Yeah, bogged. Um, and I think that that's one of the, the big things that I talk about is the signs and symptoms, what to look out for. And it's essentially anything different. We all know our friends, family, work colleagues, what's different? What's What, what are their behaviours that have changed that are out of the ordinary? What have they stopped doing that they would normally do? And to keep an eye out for those things. And, uh, you know, I ask people to reach in rather than try and tell people to reach out because the bottom line is when people are bogged, they're not in that sort of frame of mind to usually to to ask for help so when we see those things we have to reach in and um I guess particularly for blokes it's it's making sure you make the time and look we're all busy we are all busy but a few years ago I started saying to myself if I say I'm too busy for something it means it's not important enough to me and you know I might say to my mother, oh, mum, I'm too busy to drop in. And then I'd stop myself and go, you know what? She won't be there forever. I'm actually going to make the effort. doesn't matter if I don't get home before dark or whatever it is I needed to do. So I really assess things on that. How important is this to me? Um, and if it's important enough for you to go and sit with your mates and, and make that time, um, make the time for yourselves as well as to go, go fishing, go riding bikes or camping or whatever it is you do, gym carners or camp drafts, what do you do to unwind and, and make that time to spend with your mates? Um, men, men build relationships and friendships very differently to women. And so that's, 
you know, men need man time. And the more time you can spend with those people, you'll know when something changes. But, um, yeah, particularly if they give up something that they normally enjoy. Um, but, yeah, if they're very flat and, and bogged, I guess it's um, go and sit with them and spend time with them because if you spend a couple of days with your mate sitting around a campfire or fishing or whatever, chances are they will open up to you because, yeah, they often take a bit of time to to get to that point. Um, yeah, so that's that's probably the best thing is to to keep an eye on, on their behaviours and, you know, what's changed or what's different um, and, and make the time to catch up or, you know, shoot them a phone call, go and, go and have a yarn to them, go for a drive or, or fish or whatever it is that you do um, to sit into that space with them and, and make give them the opportunity to open up, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So it's it is it is it is concerning, and I think you know it's it's hard for it's a it's a lot of pressure on people to make sure that they do that. But I think taking that time out, you know, like you say, to go fishing, go go to the beach with them, or or whatever it may be, you know, get them back into the footy team or or rugby, depending on where you are, is it is important because it's better than the alternative. I think. Well, definitely, don't have to think about definitely. it. Yeah, uh, but I guess it's it, like it is. It's one of these things where, like, like Matt and I, we we've we've sort of been in this industry a while. We we speak to a lot of rural people, and we speak to a lot of city folk as well. And and I think we found that, well, at least I did, at least talking to people in say Melbourne, who were in that lockdown for for seven months, you could you could actually hear in the conversation. You know, over time, you like we were talking to the same person three, four times a week, and you could actually just see this slow downward, you know, progression in their attitude towards things. Like even yeah. things like their negativity towards people that they normally work with was sort of increasing. Just every conversation, like, oh, that person's. He was at the start of August. That person was a good bloke. By November, that that guy, he's an absolute prick you know whatever else and it was just it was just slowly declining and I think that's like we noticed that with 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 a lot of sort of clients and I think that's that's probably the same sort of thing but we're talking to them every day and and you might not you've got to remember what they were like you know rural areas the, the tyranny of distance you're not going to see your mate every every day so picking out on that is going to be pretty difficult yeah it, uh, it can be difficult and, and particularly when people are isolated like that. Um, I don't think it's the isolation that rural people really struggle with. It can often be the disconnect. And that was one of the things that, that COVID did to us, um, particularly in rural areas. There was no local footy. There was no kids sport. There was no this, that or the other thing. Um, so they couldn't, they couldn't go to the cattle sales or the sheep sales or whatever. And they, I guess they just lost that disconnect and that opportunity to connect. Um, but even some of those rural areas, people said to me, oh, our neighbour, you know, he, he might drop in once every couple of months and he suddenly started dropping in twice a week. So that's that's out of the ordinary. So, you know, make the time to, yeah, to notice those things, I guess. Mm. That's a good point you made too about through that COVID uh, time when, when there was a, such a disruption to people's normal order of events, you know, and things that they, and particularly, I guess, for men as well, I'm not to say it didn't affect other genders or other, you know, um, but with with men, how you describe them dealing with their emotions, and sometimes it does involve a chat at the, you know over a beer at the local footy, or or you know going to the men's shed that they attend you know once a fortnight or something. 
Um, and if that avenue is not available to them and that's really their only avenue um, to help them kind of deal with you know, whatever their issue is, um, then that, that starts to become quite problematic if they haven't got any other way to discuss or to, to, to you know, work yeah. through their problems. And simply not being able to shake hands during COVID was a huge thing for rural men. Um, a lot of them said that to me, uh, that they just found it so weird and abnormal to not shake hands, that it is a way that they connect. Yeah, and it's hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, that is, we're starting to get to some form of, of normality and we can do it. Like Beef Week was a good example. I think that was the main thing. The main thing when we met people at Beef Week, and it's a shame we didn't catch up with you, is that uh, they said it's good to see a human being, yeah. you know, especially the people from from the, the southerners like Matt and I. That was the sort of a comment. It was good to actually finally have a beer with someone, yeah, you know, sh share a steak. It was it was odd in a way. I think people are now starting to appreciate what they had beforehand. But, yeah, but we, we're starting to run out of time. Uh, like I think it's a really good important topic and I don't think you're quite a modest person Mary and I think you shouldn't be I think you've probably helped helped a lot of people over the ways and 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 the feedback is that you know from from social media and whatnot is that people are more aware of of what they should do and what they should be thinking and and the website you've got is a fantastic resource and then we'll, we'll put that as a link at the bottom of this this podcast uh, but yeah like keep up the good work Mary and I think anyone anyone that's out there that can can support it, I, I noticed you guys are now a registered charity, so you can donate or sponsor. If there's any any big corporates out there listening, then I think that's like a fantastic opportunity to actually the money, the money they're going to send to us to to donate to the podcast that we run to um, buy beers for ourselves. Like I would <laughs> recommend you putting it towards the Are You Bogged Mate website instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, I'll, I'll second that, Matt. If anyone's listening to this who was about to send us a, you know, a donation to upgrade to a Zoom Premium, send it, send it to, send it to Mary instead. Uh, we'd we'd appreciate that more. And uh, and yeah, absolutely. If if you're looking, like I've I've over the last sort of couple of days, I've went through a lot of the uh, the YouTube presentations and interviews. Uh, if you're planning an event, definitely get get Mary along because I, I do think this is. I'm not just blowing smoke up you Mary I do think it's important this mental health because it is something that like it does touch upon all of us at some point yeah and it, and it shouldn't like like yeah. we, sh we shouldn't hopefully we should never have suicides but we're all going to get into you know dark areas of of our times and 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 getting through that like you say get yourself out of that mud rather than being bogged forever yeah it's um I guess my approach is is very different and probably fairly politically incorrect, but that's a good thing. It's different and it's, um, you know, I get some really nice feedback from people, which is is very kind. And, and, you know, when you get feedback to know that you've actually saved lives, that's, um, you know, people have said, how do you measure success? And I, I don't know, is it one life? Do I have to save 10 for, before it's worthwhile? But to me, it's just one. And that's certainly been achieved. Um, it's it's different it's straight down the line it's it's no fluffy bullshit it's just yeah tell them how it is i guess and um everybody goes through it at some stage well if, if you've made one person think about it and or even made one person go and talk to his mate then look i think it's it's a success and and i think you're making a lot of people think about it mm. yeah. i think you, you can tell you can tell also how seriously andrew and i take it because we've hardly 
done any shit stirring in this whole podcast. I even resisted the urge, Mary. Normally, when Andrew says to people his wife's a psychiatrist, I usually chime in right after that with that's where they met. Um, but I resisted the urge to say that earlier in the podcast. <laughs> but, but, you still ma- but you still managed to get it in towards the end. <laughs> yeah. I well done. I've been thinking about how I was going to weave it in all of the podcasts, but um, I thought, no, now's not the time to make a joke at Andrew's expense because we're talking serious stuff today. Um, well, I, I do make it, I try to keep my talks um, reasonably light in places too. And I, I usually say when someone says, oh, I'm a psychologist, I'm like, oh, just stand by or you'll be offended very soon. Um, that I, I usually upset somebody. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, I think, but I think what what you're doing is actually quite similar to what we're doing. Like Matt and I in our in our professional work, just just don't laugh. I can see you laughing, Matt. I'm just. I thought you were gonna. Yeah. Okay. Go. Well, what 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 we what we're doing is we are we are sort of in our profession, not in ag watchers, but in our in our professional work away from ag watchers. We we try and turn complex information on markets and make it easy to understand. Yeah. Whereas as you you're turning complex. Let's be honest. My missus isn't in the room, but psychobabble, yeah, and and talk about you know the mind, which is a, the mind is a complex thing, but you're actually turning it into understandable sort of snippets on 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 depression. So I think it's it's quite similar, and I think it's good because look, you, it's good that you're from agriculture because you actually understand. I know this is the wrong terminology to use, but I know they use it in, in, in every industry. You understand the audience and understand the clientele and yeah. from, from your agronomy days. So you're able to actually transmit it into an understandable and you know digestible sort of uh, soundbite you know and an information piece you've got to you've got to be able to understand the country folk and particularly the countrymen to be able to help them which is what you do yeah uh, thank you and i think that's part of it is that you know if they start talking about the cattle prices or or a particular breed of something or whatever or a you know variety of wheat or something i know what they're talking about so um yeah i think that does help to to build that relationship and and yeah it's all, it's all about analogies Really, yeah, get, really, get, get, you, get you back on to teach us about wheat and, and cattle stuff because we're, we're, we're novices we, in that space. We only we only know about what 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 a cat, what a cattle sheep or grain is when it's on a chart. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other thing, Mary, if I can suggest something to you, we always like to sort of provide suggestions because we've always got a million and one opinions. Is <laughs> I recommend you should set up your own podcast. Um, oh, in my spare time. In your spare in your spare five minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, because I think you've got a lot of information out there, and I think podcasts might be a good way to to get that out. Uh, so, I did a bogged. Um, uh, what did I do? Ute yarns during when COVID started. I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So I did Ute yarns. There's a couple of Ute yarns on the um, website with some um, footy players and personalities. So oh, that's cool. I never saw that one. But I had yeah. cr- crappy internet, so it's all a bit Italian movie. You know, the, the, the lips move, and then you hear the words. But uh, yeah, that was that's definitely. I think you've got a lot of lot of. I'm I'm actually looking forward to 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 following you, and and I'm sure we'll be at the same event. We're doing a lot of events this year, so I'm sure we'll be at the same one, and it'll be good to good to actually be in the audience. But we are about awesome. to run out of of time on our basic version of of Zoom. So, you should so have I, told me I've got the premium. <laughs> well, 
we, we, one day we'll be able to afford it. Um, okay. <laughs> um, we're, we're saving up. But the yeah, thanks for coming along. Uh, we'd really enjoyed talking to you, Mary. Um, and yet, like I said before, make sure you get onto the Are You Bogged? If you've got the capacity, stick a donation into there and uh, I think you can probably get a tax rebate for it. Uh, so yeah, like love your work, Mary. And like, it's just, it's just fantastic how you're putting it into real life. Thank you very much for having me. Really enjoyed it. See you when you got nothing on, folks. Ciao for now. Thank <laughs> you.